Let's go! This is Dubis's team. It is the best team. Are you guys disrespecting my fourth line? Never. I love that fourth line more than my daughter. Scoring-wise, totally unprecedented. This guy is on fire. This needs to be fixed or we're not going anywhere. Do you know what's better than 40 goals a year? 80 goals a year, yeah. which is what he's getting with Mitch Marner. I think you guys are crazy. Stop it. Tim, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Ryan, you are wrong. <laughs> Welcome to the Leafs cast with Steven, Ryan, and Tim. Welcome back to the Leafs cast. We're here and we're ready. Woo! Middle of summer. Middle. Still talking about the Leafs. Listen, there's news. There's news within this podcast, so... I would like to formally announce live on the podcast, this will be my last Leafs cast ever. <laughs> what? <laughs> I am stepping away. Uh, I'm going to be doing a, a Ducks cast. Oh, okay. I was at Beer League the other night. A guy had a nice vintage Ducks jersey on. I remembered that that's the best logo in sports. And Ducks cast is on. So follow us at Ducks cast. Lies, lies. <laughs> I thought we were doing the Jays cast once the Jays made the podcast. Let's, let me the Jays made the playoffs. Yeah, that's let's what we're go doing. Jays. Put those let's, ducks away. Well, we're in the dog days of of sports summer, so the Euro just ended. Go Italy. Well, congrats, Italy. I don't really care. About <laughs> pretty sure the last, the last podcast we said go England. So. <laughs> I was Boo penalty kicks. Uh, you know what? I was saying that, Tim, when I was watching it. I had a buddy over, and I was like, they can't end it this way. I was like, where does everybody have to go, right? For <laughs> for decades and decades, they used to just play hockey games until people died, right? Like, that was it. Just we play until someone scores or guys start dying. What's the rush? But then once the penalty kicks started... That was that was a whirlwind of emotions. I guess if you don't really have like you don't really have a team in the game, it's a lot easier to handle and just have fun with it. But I had a ton of fun with it. So there you go. Anyway, if um, you kick the puck in hockey, the goal doesn't count. All right, that's going to be the new way to decide playoff games: send the players and shootout attempts, no sticks. It, well, it was interesting <laughs> hearing though, on all the sports radio. You know that that's been. The, a lot of people are talking about that, like, oh, the penalty kicks, this is a stupid way to end the sport. And I've heard it argued. It's, it's just fun hearing everybody's arguments because it's super similar to the shootout, right? And why the shootout's either good or bad. So I guess the one, the one that I heard that makes the most sense to me is like kicking a ball and say, you know, making saves is like a huge part of the game. So it makes sense. But it's not. There's like so. There's more. There were more shots in the shootout than there were in the entire game. That's so also like game, a pretty silly um, uh, penalty kick situation because there was like four or five saves. I feel like that never happens. Yep. Anyway, uh, a lot of it's luck. One team save is another team's blown shot. But there's yeah. gonna be so like there. And then I watched the McGregor fight. Th- that's sports. that's a different sport. <laughs> All right, where is the Leafs talk only sound? Bites? That's closer. That, that that listen, UFC is closer to hockey than some other sports are. Okay, that is uh, true. And now there's nothing except for the Jays. So we're gonna be watching the Jays. Go Jays. Go Jays. Go Vladdy. Don't you Leafs talk only, Tim? It's July 14th. <laughs> Don't you Leafs talk only me? <laughs> Leafs haven't played in months. Yeah, but the the Leafs have been busy. They've been doing uh, Kyle Dubas making some moves. All right, let's talk about it. What's been happening? So we uh, one player and one uh, one coach. We got Travis Dermott locked up to a two year deal, one and a half million dollars per year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Dermott was a restricted free agent, 
and now he is not. And this brings him to one more year before he's in UFA, correct? Uh, correct. So he's still a restricted free agent at the end of this deal. Hmm. Travis okay. Dermott, 24 years old, a second-round pick of the Leafs, uh, 2015, and he sticks around. This is an interesting deal, I, I think. I really thought that they were going to just try to move Travis Dermott in the offseason just because— Which they, which they still might. Which they, they still, still might. might. Yeah, this doesn't, this doesn't close the door on that. But just, yeah, going into the offseason, I was thinking— there's no room for this guy on the team anymore. And it's felt that way for a little while, ever since Jake Muzzin came around, we're like, we've just kind of knew that or known that it might happen where he kind of gets bumped out of the lineup. Um, It's it's always great to have depth, but we have so many good left-handed defensemen now, like, like four NHL starting left-handed defensemen. I was going to say, uh, I think the only thing about Dermot is, that's challenged him has been uh, Rasmus Sandin's emergence. Like, Muzzin is always above him. Riley's always above him. But uh, it's been Rasmus Sandin that, even just last year, we saw him kind of leapfrog Dermot on the depth chart. I mean, both of them had a pretty rough playoff, so neither of them kind of differentiated themselves there. But, I, think- I mean, have, having one extra defenseman, it's not that ridiculous well, i feel I, like he's he's only unnecessary if we added another defenseman like bogosian you know like right now you have riley brody muzzin hall dermot sandine and like there's your six and then like beyond that i guess you have Lilygren who's kind of next up and to be honest i don't even know who's next up behind Lilygren. so maybe marty marinson again yeah it is probably marty no he's gone now right yeah he's gone. uh he's gone so i don't i don't even know who it is so we're a little a little shy on the the depth in case of injury defense but right now i would say he's like firmly in the lineup like he's not it's not like he'll be a fringe lineup guy at this point if we go and re-sign a bogosian or another bottom six uh rather like five six defenseman then it might be a little bit of like why is he on our team but right now as things stand like he's in our lineup he's one of our important pieces of our six decor well, there's also the expansion draft, right? Like, so basically, we're going to lose one of Dermot Hall or Kerfoot. We can only 100% keep one of them. So, if we don't don't decide to protect, well, we we are like I don't know. I was going to say likely losing a defenseman, but who really? knows? Who I think we end it up seems keeping. it seems pretty like uh, I guess the way media is trending and and how everyone's talking about it. It sounds like people are expecting Kerfoot's going to be the one to go. They'll protect Hall and let Kerfoot let Kerfoot be claimed it, it it does depend like how much seattle values cap space I, i'd be pretty shocked if they pick dermot over Kerfoot. wait values cap space are you saying like like they would maybe consider not taking Kerfoot just because he makes two million dollars more a year than yeah than dermot? maybe well yeah i guess it's more dermot's age which would be more appealing than necessarily overpaying for, yeah, for Kerfoot's Kerfoot worth there. two million more i i'd be shocked if they took Kerfoot over Dermot. I I would say they take Kerfoot over Hall, and and I think Hall is better than Dermot. So I I think they signed him because they want him, not because they think he'll be claimed. I I think they they like Dermot. I think that they look at his age and they say this guy is could take another step. I think at one point five million, that's something that if he is your number five six defenseman, you're okay with paying him that much. And if he does take another step and he moves into your top four. Then you know he's in the the same conversation we have about Justin Hall of this guy who's who's overperforming his contract, and I, I don't really it, see him 
underperforming on that contract. So I, I, I like it. I think it's a good, a good signing. Yeah, it's definitely a fair deal. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to be complaining too much about a million and a half over two years for a, a 24 year old, like obviously top, you know, like, like a, a every An night NHL, NHL defenseman. defenseman. Exactly. Um, I, I do think though, going back to the expansion draft, I think it's totally possible that the Leafs looked at it. Like we can get this deal signed. If, if Seattle's like, he's more cost controlled going forward. They know exactly what it is where otherwise they could, they could pick up Dermot and then he has a lot more leverage over them <laughs> to, uh, um, to, to, to try to get some more money. But, and, and you guys bring up a good point. I kind of forgot there is a potential that yeah, Dermot or Sandine can end up playing the right side. <clears throat> and then that, you know, they're both in the lineup. Yep. I just look thinking about, uh, you know, every game of the season, uh, third defensive pair that's Travis Dermott and Rasmus Sandin has me stressed out already. Um, I would have much rather had Bogosian signed to a two-year, $1.5 million contract. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Bogosian gets. I think that they're... I hope he sticks uh, around. There, there's analysts are saying he'll probably test the open market to see... Uh, see what he can get yeah i mean i guess time will tell we'll revisit that a, a pot or two from let's now talk more about the expansion draft for. though i feel like it's obviously it's up to us who seattle takes in a way like we can choose to lose kerfoot or not like like i don't think losing hall versus dermot on defense is gonna cripple the leafs either way obviously i want to keep hall around but like i uh i, I would think- disagree like I, I would say that if we if we lose one of those two guys, then we need to pick someone up in free agency to replace them. And like it's not like they're irreplaceable. It's not like you're losing a Mitch Marner or something. It like that you it's a replaceable part, but it's not like you could lose Justin Hall and you're fine because you replaced him with Timothy Lilligren. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. If, yeah. if you lose one of those pieces, like it's not the end of the world, but it means we're going to have to go pick up someone to replacement. They're probably going to cost more in free agency. And I think we're at the point where we need to be spending a bit more on our forwards, especially if we're losing Hyman. Uh, like I would say like the defensemen that we have in there are all like, we don't want to add another $5 million defenseman or $4 million. I would you say. were the one wanting to sign Dougie Hamilton. <laughs> oh, unless if we're shipping out some defensemen. Yeah, we're at this point we, we're going to have eight roster, you know, defensemen here, and uh, we're just going to j- just dress them as forwards, and it's going to be fine. <laughs> Everybody's playing eight minutes a game. It's going to be great. Beautiful. Until I watch an elimination game where the Leafs score a goal, maybe before oh. there's like twenty seconds left, we're going to keep loading up on forwards. Oh, I miss the Leafs. All right, what what was the the coach we added to him? Uh, so the coach we, we signed an assistant coach to replace uh, Dave Haxtell, who went over to the Kraken. Uh, his name is Dean Chinaweth. Uh, sorry, Chinaweth butchered his name. Chinaweth. Uh, I think you're Chino- right. I think it's he looks like a a Chinaweth. Dean Chinny. Uh, so he he was assistant coach with uh, the Carolina Hurricanes the past few years. Uh, they've had a top notch penalty kill, so. Does have a bit of a reputation uh, precedes him. A little bit of a stronger decor than he'll be working with here. Yeah, at least a younger decor. He is. Uh, I think it's pretty fair to say that it's a little bit of a better decor. Have a Dougie Hamilton and uh, Slavin and Pesci. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jake Gardner. 
I mean, Jake Gardner. At, at the end of the day, it's tough to say what kind of impact these assistant coaches are having. Like, is it all muddled under the the head coach? You know, like at the end of the game, it's always Sheldon Keefe who's coming out to talk about the failed power play. It was never Manny Malhotra. You know what I mean? So, like, how much of it is is going to be Keefe? It, 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 uh, you don't know. So, I, I guess we'll see. It's tough to say whether it's bad news or good news. I guess it's it's good news. Like, he seems to be a pretty seasoned coach. All our assistant coaches end up going to be head coaches somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, he's so. going to be the, the head coach of the... What Nebraska the next corn huskers. <laughs> yeah. That, that, the, the next expansion team, that's how it's going to go. Yeah. I personally knowing almost nothing about old DC here. I would have rather had boost Bruce Boudreaux, somebody with long term game seven. Yeah. Somebody with some long term <laughs> NHL head coaching ability. I don't know. I just, I feel like I want, I want more old guys. We got a lot of young guys. Guy I want some old guy. guys to balance he, it out. He's, he's been like in the coaching in various levels of hockey for a, a long time now. Like he's not a he's not a mini Malhotra removed from the league five or eight years ago or whatever. Like you, he he is a more experienced coach. Do you know what's sad? We call him an old guy. He was born the year after the Leafs won last one this time. <laughs> <laughs> What year? No, I mean, Stephen, you're right. He, he doesn't have the head coaching experience that, like, a Dave Haxtell had. Um, but, like, you saying, like, you know, you would have rather had a Bruce Boudreaux. I'm sure the Leafs probably would have rather had a Bruce Boudreaux as well. But guys who are head coaches don't often go, like, you know, go up and take an assistant coach job. Like, they'll, they'll wait it out and try and find a head coach role somewhere else. You know what I mean? So... I feel like at some point you just have to hire the assistant coach because that's when an assistant coach is. And we'll see. We'll see how he does. The last, uh, uh, since last pod, I went ahead and dug out my hockey cards. And Tim and Ryan also dug out their hockey cards going through them. I wouldn't be shocked if there's a Dean Chinawith hockey card in there. <laughs> I might check. He was playing in the right. times that we had some cards. The hunt is on. I would be pretty surprised. The guy. Uh... Had 22 points in 241 games. Exactly so the kind he, of card I would have. <laughs> yeah, the he's a much card. better he's a better coach than he was a player. You guys are totally right, though. Uh, like I'm, I'm just being like, you know, oh, give me the big name kind of like this guy could be way better than Bruce Boudreaux could do at the job, and 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 we'll see. Um, the but the, the role of a, of assistant coach in the NHL is not nothing, and you can see how having the wrong guy in the building, like we had this past season, really if negatively affected the team. And uh, um, are, are you speaking regarding like Manny Malhotra? I'm speaking regarding Manny Malhotra. That was a disaster. Here, um, here's what I think, and my opinion's kind of changed on Manny Malhotra actually over the past week or so. I was thinking about it because we, you know, we're all saying, oh, like. When is Manny Malhotra getting fired? And we got to get rid of this guy. And I don't think he's getting fired. I I think he's going to stick around. He'll be our coach next year. And I also don't think that our penalty kill is going to suck next year. We're not going to get zero penalty or another penalty killer power play. We're not going to get zero power play goals in half the season again. And if we do, that's on the players. It's not on Manny Malhotra. So I I think we'll we'll see how it goes. I I started. I kind of more think that the role of the assistant coaches is more on the foundation of the team and how they play and they just kind of roll with the coach and it all kind of stems down and I don't think Manny Malhotra is as much to blame as maybe we put it on his shoulders. 
We just need a scapegoat. Yes, we love you know, the, the scapegoat. Thinking back in the season now, the power play, I wonder when that Amazon Prime thing's coming out. I, I It'll be interesting to see what they show regarding, you know, the behind the scenes and, like, mm-hmm. the struggles of the power play. And, like, did they actually do something, right? Because yep. I feel like almost everybody was like, this power play sucks. Why does it suck? I don't know. Like, that's, that was everybody's take. And then it's like, every game's like, I feel like nothing's changed. It still sucks. Like, you know, who knows well, what I was mean, going on It was like a scenes. broken record. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they did change some different things, like different players and around. But I don't know. I don't know about this Amazon thing. It's just the whole thing is just going to make me angry. <laughs> Here's the thing about the, the Prime. Uh, sorry, it's called All or Nothing, I think. Anyway, I've watched uh, three or four NFL seasons of this. It's great when the team makes it great. So the team has final say on what what goes right. And uh, the bet the best one was one of the Cowboys, and the Cowboys love the press, and they'll take any you know any press whether it's good or bad, and they kind of let everything go. And then there's been other teams that said, no, we don't want everybody knowing our business. We're doing this. We don't everybody knowing our business. Be interesting to see what the Leafs end up showing. We'll see. Um, yeah. Anyway. All right. Shall we get on to our our topic? Okay. Let me get the fireplace going here. Just a a nice, relaxing fire. Cozy up by the fire. Oh, toasty warm. It's summertime. What, what, how how hot is it there for you guys right now? <laughs> Who cozies up by the fire in summertime? <laughs> the camp the campfire. All right. <laughs> not not in Nebraska. Nobody cozies up. It can it can get hot here, man. I mean, it was it was 34 degrees here today. I don't know how hot it is in Nebraska, but about I know it gets hot there. 50. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I'll be in. That's uh, 34 Celsius. Let's go. All right. This week we are going to be revisiting our hot takes from this past <laughs> season of podcasting. How many how many podcasts do you think you get? We've done. Do you, do you guys know the number? Ooh, 20, 25 or something. Yeah, with the right. we're definitely over twenty with the playoff ones. I think we're at. We've um, done twenty to thirty podcasts now, and and we've said some stupid stuff. We've said some real stupid stuff. We've been reminiscing this week about all the hot takes that we've had, and we thought, all right, let's. Let's go through these and let's take a look at uh, which ones have aged pretty well and ooh, which ones look real bad. And we pulled out maybe like three or four from each of us. So we were going to take some time and go through them. You guys ready? I've got the lists here. I think it'd be funny if like, like I don't want to read mine. I want someone else to read mine and I'll, you know, like. <laughs> All right. And, this is what we'll do. I, and then you I can say read... if, if you, you still like, you still think that's a fine take, you know, we can discuss it after. Do- all right, this, this is what we'll do. This will, I will read Stevens, and Steven will have a chance to defend his hot take or just wallow in his stupidity, and then Tim and I will laugh at him, and then Steven will read Tim's, and we'll do that, and then Tim will read mine, and then there's a few that all of us had some hot takes on that we'll go through at the end. Sound good? Love it. Am I, so right. wait, I'm getting flamed first? Yeah, you're you're going first, Stephen. You're you're first. I'm ready. Here I'll we go. Bring it. Bring my hot There's, takes. There were just so many to pick from. Let's go. All right, Stephen. Your your first one I'm going to read for you is right at the end of the regular season. Get it rearing up for playoffs, and you said that you did not want Rasmus Sandin to make a playoff appearance. You wanted Hutton to be in the lineup with Travis Dermott. No. 
Yeah, yeah, Bogosian yeah. Travis probably. Dermott. Oh, yeah, because yeah, Bogosian was injured at that point. Yeah. So it was Hutton and, and Dermott on the third pair, and you did not trust Sandine to be out there out of fear that he would make a defensive gaffe, which would lead to a goal against and possibly a loss. How do you think that hot take held up for you there, Stephen? That held up, man. That was 100% <laughs> right. I, I knew well, it the whole time. Ha- what Half of it held up. Wait, Which oh, helped. okay. Well, Hutton didn't I wouldn't make say it. Hutton oh, would have done okay. better. Well, you never know. Wait I mean, a minute. Steven is absolutely right that, like, Sandine absolutely had a defensive gap and it absolutely cost us a game. So, I mean, you never now, know. You're right. Hutton could have done horribly as Sandine well. Sandine in the playoffs was... Um, there was some sweet and some sour because he did. He looked great on the power play when he was he out did. there, and there Even was times he, he it felt like he did things that other defensemen on the Leafs could not do. Mm-hmm. But in the very limited sample size that we had of Ben Hutton in the regular season, he looked he looked steady. He looked big. Uh, it, it looked like he brought a little bit of what Bogosian. Uh, you know, brought in the regular season that was so important to this defense, and I stand by it. I stand by that one. That's one point for Steven. He was kind of right there, or a half point. <laughs> you were you were right on the Sandeed cause. Tim and I kind of laughed at you when you were saying, like, no way you want Hutton did over Sandeed. And I do still kind of stand yeah. by that. But I do think that, and this is what Keith went with, when, I think, game three, with uh, bottom pairing of Bogosian and Dermot when Bogosian turned out to be healthy. And that was probably our best bottom pair. Obviously, when Muzzin got injured, Sandeed came back in. But uh, yeah, no, that one that one wasn't as crazy as you'd think, Stephen. So so well done for seeing what what Tim and I couldn't. We let you have an easy one to start off with here. All right, now give it to me. Um, you, oh, you want a good one here? All right, or a bad you one. You said I don't care. that Corey Perry <laughs> should have jumped over Tavares's head. <laughs> in the split second that Tavares was coming down in front of him. How do you feel that one held up for you, Seymour? Are you still angry? I'm still angry at, at Corey Perry. Absolutely. There's plenty of people that are angry at Corey Perry on and off the ice. We can talk about that later. I thought about this just a couple of days ago as I was playing hockey. Somebody fell in front of me. I managed to get out of the way, didn't jump over him. I was like, should I bring this up on the podcast thank, or not? Thank I am. Goodness. I am. I, yeah, I didn't jump over. Well, I mean, I had plenty of time to get out of the way. It was a little bit different of a situation. I think Corey Perry could have had put a, a better effort into getting out of the way of John Tavares. It's a fast game. I was thinking about John Tavares just today, honestly. Like, how's he doing? Everybody's talking about, you know, the Leafs and Turmoil and Zach Hyman. Is John Tavares fine now? Is his brain fine? John Tavares, fine? if you're listening, reach out to us and let us know if you think Perry could have jumped. Steven, this is not a good hot take. It's not. It, <laughs> it wasn't not, even a hot take. Okay, it's a hot take. I was emotional that night. Here's the thing. Uh, uh, concussion is much easier to recover from than a severed head. <laughs> Okay, that one wasn't really a hot take. What happens just... when we're watching a game and somebody, if I can prove that somebody in the NHL successfully jumps over a Listen, player? I just wasn't able to be there on that game cap recap that you guys did, so I didn't get to laugh at you like Tim did. Well, so. maybe when I'm watching was, all these Ducks games this season, I'll see it. All right, um, give me another one. You had another one where you said that the sole reason why our penalty, or at least the biggest reason why our penalty kill was not working was nothing to do with our penalty killers themselves and rather the difference of Frederick Anderson and Jack Campbell and Jack Campbell was the secret to fixing our penalty kill. What do you think? I'm two for three. That was correct. 
And I stand by it. And I saw it a lot in the playoffs where some teams are getting hammered by quality power plays, like specifically teams that were playing against Tampa, right? Tampa's out there, great possession, just firing pucks at the net. Um, and it's the goalie who comes up big. So I stand by that one. That was a great one. I hope you guys don't disagree. I, I mean, the, goal, the goalie is the most important penalty killer. Uh, and Freddie was sucking. He was so bad. Maybe, but like I think you, you can look at Montreal and say like uh, when T- Tampa met their penalty kill, they just got demolished. So even like you have a great goalie, granted Price wasn't great in that series, but there I would still say that pa- penalty kill is more than just one person. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Tampa, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the 2021 Tampa Bay lightning stanley cup champions had the greatest power play percentage in the history of the playoffs that one's a little off the charts i, I right so one goalie is not gonna f- fix a power play when like if you have a fantastic uh going up against fantastic power play you're done anyways <laughs> we're talking about a thanos level power play if we just had a, st- a standard pretty good power play i think the goalie helps a lot jack campbell did because it did our power play or our sorry penalty kill got instantly better thank you to jack campbell i was right two for three i mean to be fair on steven's account montreal in the playoffs was riding the hottest goaltender in the league carrie price and they had like i think the end total was like 38 straight penalty kills mm-hmm. in, during the playoffs so that kind of adds up. I don't know. Anyway, Stephen, this is your last one. You said at some point in the season, I think it was pretty earlier on, you said that in during this game, and I don't remember what the lineup is, so you'll have to help me, but this game, we iced the best lineup that the Leafs could possibly ice. I just remember it was like Hyman on the top line with Matthews and Marner. I think Kerfoot was on the second line with Tavares and Nylander. Do you remember the bottom six? I think had Jimmy VC in it. Yeah, I want to say the bottom six was Engvall on the on the third at the at center, Soup on the wing, Ilya Mikheyev, and then uh, Jimmy VC at that point when VC was looking all right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then fourth line, I'm sure it was Thornton, Spezza, and I think Simmons Brooks. was injured at that point, so I, I think it was Boyd, Thornton, Spezza, and Boyd. Mm. So yeah. what do you think? What do you think of that one? Well, I remember... I feel like the biggest additions here are like Kerfoot on the second line and Hyman on the top line. Those are the two most notable parts of that lineup. I, I remember the the rebuttal to that was... I remember Tim said, so you're fine with the third line never scoring a goal. <laughs> and I had nothing to say. I remember this. I remember every time Tim calls me out and he's right. Butthead. <laughs> um, but I kind of stand by that a bit because... Um, with that lineup, it gave us three really good lines, whereas moving Kerfoot down to the third line gave us, you know, two really good lines, good lines being the, the top line and, like, the fourth line, because I thought that fourth line was great. Um, but then, and the third line I thought was really solid defensively. Now, again, this was when Jimmy VC was was awesome, but I still, I still stand by uh, that Kerfoot fits a lot better on that second line wing. When, when the team was structured the way that it was with here's here's where I think you're wrong and I don't think this hot take aged hey, look as at me well defending as the all this stuff this team didn't even win a playoff series Listen, and I think that this is why I think it's a big reason why because in this lineup you have two lines that can score and two lines that will never score a goal outside of Jason Spezza which you should never be banking on your 37 year old fourth liner scoring your goals they had two lines that could score the third line will never do anything and the fourth line will never do anything that's what we saw in the playoffs 
And we lost because we didn't have the scoring depth and we couldn't score. And they found a way to shut down Matthews and Marner. Uh, in our in the playoffs, where our first line got zero goals and our third line got zero goals, our fourth line and William Nylander carried us. And John Tavares is out. I, I, I don't want to say just throw out the playoffs. I thought right, that was but, a really but, good but, way but to the structure reason the why, team. The, like with John Tavares going out, we had to bring Kerfoot up, which left our third and fourth lines with very little offensive threat. And, and that burned us. We didn't have enough enough scoring depth. No, it had nothing to do with that. Jason Spezza had like the second best series of anyone. I guess the whole reason we lost is because Matthew, our top line, got nothing. Think about uh, nothing th- to do with the third. Think line. about the Leafs as a car. All right, and you've got three. If you've got three like pretty great tires going versus two gr- like great tires going. Uh, I I would rather the three. Like you're, you're going to get farther with the three. We had one. Here here's my car now. At Do you have a car? You have some nice tires on there. Maybe like a nice door handle and like a good coat of paint. But you're missing the engine. You're not going to win without the engine of the car. Wait, who's the engine? Master Matthews and Zach Hyman. Oh, you can no. say that and we Mitch didn't, Marner. We, you you can say we did not you, win the cup. This, you can say we did not win the cup because Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner weren't scoring. But you should be able to beat Montreal without Matthews and Marner scoring. Hey, if you're paying and twenty John million dollars in the lineup, and Zach Hyman came back dollars. from like an exploded no. knee of like two weeks before that, this was a a very different time of the season. The team was looking great that night. But it's I was the same. It's the good. same. Listen, you look at Tampa and they're cup run they went on how important was their third line it was it was instrumental it was everything we didn't have a third line that looked oh. like that we didn't have a fourth oh. line that looked like that everything are you discounting nikita kucherov's like top five playoff performance of all time i'm not or saying brain that point? wasn't it i'm not saying that they were an impact player you, you just said that were. you said the third line was everything and i it was like you're a tiny star compared to the burning sun or Vasilevsky, you, you are you are way undervaluing the depth scoring, way undervaluing it. It's not everything on the top line. If you ask Tampa, they're saying we didn't win solely because of the top line. They're looking at their lineup top to bottom, and they're oh, saying they're just we being nice. They're, no, they're, uh, I ins- think I guarantee it. That third line was a problem all season when Hyman wasn't on it, but I liked having Hyman on the top line more because you know just having Hyman on the third line wasn't a a guaranteed goal every night. I mean, Ilya Mikheyev was an absolute travesty all season. Garbage. I can't, I can't stop Except thinking about that. Except on the PK. That. Yes, yes. But, oh my goodness, I, I've been thinking about Ilya Mikheyev a lot. Thinking about, like, get him out of here. Get him right. out of here. Take that money. Pay it to Zach Hyman. I'd rather have Zach Hyman than Ilya Mikheyev, and we'll figure out some minimum salary guy to hang out. In the, Steven, in you're spot. off the hook. You get to go roast him now. I get Tim? All right. <laughs> Bring it on. Tim Allison (laughs) in the MVP awards episode gave Manny Malhotra the MVP. (laughs) Probably rightfully so. This is probably when our our, we had like close to the best power play in the league, I'm assuming. This was our fourth episode, March the (laughs) seventh. I gave Manny Malhotra a most valuable coach. It's definitely one that like in the time we were all like, yep, yep, that makes sense. He, he's just so good. He's so it's it's just not the same now. And we and we were like so good in the face-off circle cuz he was working with all our guys and yes, well, that's why you don't do an MVP episode a third of the way through the season. 
Well, I guess we've learned our lesson. Yes, Tim, that one, that one was not your best. That one has aged very well, poorly. But... Let's do a quick let's do a quick roll call here. Do you weigh or, or, or who do you blame most for the power play being bad, and who do you give like the credit to for it being good? Right? Is it the players or Manny Malhotra? Tim, who do you is think? It the, is it the players' fault for being weak mentally and not being able to overcome this mental block? Because I, th- I, I feel I like right here it was it was you know Tim Tim giving Manny Malhotra the respect when they were good, and then when they were bad, you know we're, we're flaming Manny Malhotra. Where I feel like someone like me was probably giving the players the props when they were good and flaming Manny Malhotra when they were bad. Where I should have been, I, I I think it's the players the whole way. It through. is tough though. Like you look at that lineup in the offensive talent that we have, and there is no. No comprehensible reason why your penalty kill should not work. Why we should not have two units that are not elite power play units. And somehow the Leafs figured out how to do it for like four straight months. Oof. And so I guess I guess maybe it falls on Manny Mahotra at that point. The guy playing the band and he couldn't get it done. So it's it's so it's so mind boggling. It's it's such a what's mind boggling is that it happens every year. Yeah. Start off fantastic and then die. Yep. Yep. But I we'll love see. it when they start out fantastic. Oh, oh, we'll be October. excited next year when they're doing it again. October's <laughs> a good month for us, man. We just wait till the first October Leafs cast. We're gonna be going crazy. You sorry, you guys have been going crazy. Um, All right, what's the next one? Okay, so. <laughs> I don't remember this one. Dim said that Morgan Riley's worse than Jake Muzzin. Absolutely. We were talking about the most valuable, uh, most valuable defenseman. And this is what you guys don't see. Right. And I was taught. And I, uh, my, my point was that Morgan Riley is great at offense, but not so much at defense and defense is what the Leafs need. Yeah. And now, I mean, like, now we can't score at all. So, like, you know, Jake that... Muslin had two goals in the playoffs. Yep. How many in game seven? Oh, right. He got injured again. Man. Yeah. It's weird. I, I go back and forth this a lot. Man, I've been thinking about the Leafs a lot lately. What am I doing all day? Uh, like, I go back and forth between, you know, what, what team wins more games, right? A team without, like, like, if you only have one of these guys, which team wins more games, you know? And we had a lot of games without Jake Muslin. We didn't win as much. And, but Jake Muzzin's old, and he's out of the lineup a lot, a lot. Yeah, here's the thing. Like, I go back to, you know, like we were talking about Wayne Simmons last podcast because he just signed his signed his uh, shiny new contract. And I was saying, like, well, you know, when he got injured this season, he like blocked a shot in front of the net and like broke his hand. Like, it's not because of his aging body. That's just like a freak accident that could have happened to anybody. But like, I look at what happened with Jake Muzzin in the playoffs. I still don't know what happened. He was just kind of skating, and then all of a sudden his groin was injured, and he's in, and he can't play the last two games. And I say, yeah, that's just a guy who's who's old and has a lot of miles on him, and and he'll get injured like that sometimes. And it's just like, uh, at the know. worst of times, yeah, always at the worst of times. Well, I mean, the yeah against Columbus, that wasn't really his fault. <laughs> well, so Tim, um, if you could only have one right now, they get paid the exact same amount of contract that the age that they like they are right now. One right? year deal. Who are you taking? One year deal? No, 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 no. You're signed oh. up for the next four years of each. Who would you rather? Oh, four have? years from now, Muzzin oh. is worse than Riley. I was well, going to yeah, say, but, can but I sign for is... four years of Riley at five million dollars? Then yeah, I but take y- that. yes, yes, you can. But then you don't get Jake Muzzin, so you have to go on these cup runs. You don't get Jake Muzzin anymore. Uh, I'd probably, I'd probably still take Riley at five million. I guess I don't know. It's. If they're both healthy, Jake Muzzin, I think, is more important for our success. 
Um, and even like we have like San- Sandine in four years, he could be like a Morgan Riley light. Maybe so that's you're maybe taking, a bit of a stretch. You're taking Riley? I probably have to take Riley just for the longevity. Like, I don't know. Muzzin, the injuries scare me a bit and the age kind of scares me but yeah all right tim Uh, uh no i i do agree with tim that like i i do feel like riley's production is going to go down with sandine taking over pp1 like I feel like Riley gets a lot of his points on. Well, I, we don't get a lot of. Wait, points yeah, what are you talking about? about? When? No, but but that's like a lot of his. If you look like over the past number of seasons, and you know he played a lot of games the first half of this past season where we were getting a ridiculous yeah. number of power play goals, he racks up a lot of his points on that power play, and he quarterbacks it. And I don't know. You could praise him for what he did in the first half of the season, or you can critique him for failing to get it done in the second half, but. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Sandine takes his number one spot away over the course of this next season or the season after that. And then if he's not our number one power play guy, I don't know how many points he's going to get. So I kind of lean and say, well, maybe I'd rather have, have Jake Muzzin. But injuries I, are one of those things that you can well, never predict. The, the good news is, though, we don't have to choose right now. We have both of them. But you kind of do. Like they're if they're either gonna extend Riley or trade him or let him walk, and they kind of have to decide that now if they're gonna trade him. So, I I would uh, for the next four years, I think is what I said. I'd rather have Jake Muzzin than Morgan Riley. He's so great. I understand that he gets hurt a lot, uh, but Riley isn't. You know, Riley's not made of steel either. I I think I would pick jake muzzin but that's a tough question riley is is the kind of player where like when riley's doing riley things he is amazing like i i have memories of riley just being our best defenseman and just like not just our best defenseman amongst the best defensemen some of the things he can do the plays he makes he's so good looking looking at the the uh cup final there though the whole playoffs you know what what the Canadians were able to do with four old old guys who are defensively responsible was awesome. Like I would love love to have had that. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not that high on Montreal's defensive core. A lot of people are saying like, "Oh man, if only Toronto had defense like that." Ah, I think Toronto is. They played. They played Montreal. great though. Yeah, they did play great. Okay, give credit to them. They got lucky. Tim, uh, I I remembered this one. Tim said that the power play. At the way that it was was perfect and that we shouldn't change it when whoa, it was whoa, whoa. or you said <laughs> not perfect i said it was fine it was fixed basically this is after we just went eight years without scoring a power play goal and we had back-to-back games where it looked passable and ryan was ready to blow it all up and i said ryan we just scored a power play goal don't mess with it let these guys get in their rhythm and get going. And they didn't. I mean, like, they immediately fell on their face again and now did not score for the rest of the season. I was saying that I would like them to go back to the two-unit power play that they started the season with and found all their success with because they just scored. A, yeah, I think it was like a couple games where we got like a power play goal in each of them. And we were celebrating because we scored two goals on the power play. And, uh, and yeah, I wanted to switch it up. And, and you... You were very adamant that we just figured it out. Don't change it. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Well, it was still broke. <laughs> it was broke all playoffs log. What losers. All right. All right. Uh, Tim, you get a flame Ryan? Ryan. <laughs> I just have any bad takes. I don't his know older brother. 
coming after no him. bad takes he says well similar similar to to my take of manny malhotra ryan you gave joe thornton five stars and the report cards <laughs> that's a hot take yeah, I, yeah. I was i remember being opposed to this as well i got the fire you going guys again. you guys were both you didn't really like it that i had him at the same category as martyr and matthews you said that that was from my my argument for and this was back this isn't our third of third of the way season report cards when joe thornton was i think he had like five or i think it's like 10 points in his first 10 games he's like a point to game player getting paid seven hundred thousand dollars on the top line on the top line with matthews and barter and getting paid with that contract and that point production unbelievable five stars i i don't regret doing it for when i said it but wow, he is not a five-star player, and <laughs> for what he ended up being, it's very similar to the Manny Malhotra uh, a f- award. A five-star beard, and that's about it. Hey, yeah. he was at the McGregor fight with uh, um, with Mr. Austin Matthews, yeah. Freddie Anderson, and and Bieber. Yep, yep. It's a party. Well, you never know. Yeah. Maybe he's coming back. You never know. I love the idea of, of of Austin Matthews hanging out with a man essentially twice his age. <laughs> Well, he got along with with uh, Marlowe as well, really well. Yeah, he's just a he's just a good he's buddies with everybody. I just like that that dynamic. <laughs> we'll see what where Thornton is next year. We'll see if we bring in another uh, another old guy to hang out with Matthews. Yeah, we still have Spezza. I think I, I if s- I remember correctly, though, Ryan, going back to your list here, you had some guys that so, some some shocking guys below Joe Thornton though on the list. That's where I, 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 I had, had an issue. At that point, I had Tavares and Nylander at three stars. Yeah, that that I remember. I had a big problem with. You cannot have Joe Thornton at five and those guys at but three. But do you remember Tavares and Thornton at the start of the season? They were not going. They just were getting nothing going. Tavares first half and second half very different. Unbelievably it's different. Yeah, because he had a kid at the beginning. Stephen, having a kid, you've been. Not good the past little half little while. <laughs> you could not write the head. Steven Free Baby was amazing. Oh my gosh. That guy was the bomb. Hey. All right, what do you got next up? All right. Talking about point per game uh lease players, we have Nick Felino who we went out and got at uh at the trade deadline. You were all for selling the farm on deadline day, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. channeling your twenty fifteen Blue Jays and like when you have a shot, you go for it. Yep, very much. I, I have complete I don't here's the thing. It's very easy to look back at Kyle Dubas's trade deadline and critique it heavily. You know, Felino was injured, he barely played. Riddick had probably the worst game I've ever seen in a league uniform. Worst period. Yeah. Worst period ever. Um, Riley and Nash was a joke. It was just like nothing seemed to work out. And all of a sudden we lost all these draft picks and draft capital for basically nothing. But like at the time we were all praising Dubas for these movies, making, bringing in the perfect players, Felino and Nash, some defensive stalwarts to, to aid Matthews and Marner in their offensive push. They were great moves. However, I don't remember feeling that way. I no, remember they, looking at Riley Nash and saying, this guy hasn't played in like two months. But we gave up a seventh round pick for him. It was nothing. He was just a free player. Yeah. Free yeah. player. And I mean, you could argue he took up a roster spot from someone else who could have been there, but you, you never know what these, you know, you, you never know. But like all the same, moving forwards, I will never be uh, in the sell the future for this season mindset again. Imagine I, if, I don't believe it anymore. Imagine not, if we hadn't done that. Like, imagine if uh, um, we we the, the the same result happens, right? We lose in the first round of Montreal, 
and yep. we didn't we didn't bring any any of those guys. That would be a talking point. Should the Leafs have you know made these moves? And um, honestly, wait, what happened with Felino? Did he he didn't play in the playoffs? What he happened? got injured at like t- like three it, or four games in since we acquired him in the regular season and didn't play a lot of the regular season. And then he got injured yeah. again in the playoffs. Yeah, which game of the playoffs? Well, I just thought he came back and kind of like reaggravated. But even when he was playing, he was very much like maybe fifty percent. Yeah. But like, do you remember when he first came in? He was like a point a game player with playing with Marner and Matthews. Like, it was amazing. What's know. tough though is is I feel like, you know, he he was still the wrong guy to have brought in. There wasn't as many options this year. Like there was no. Besides Taylor Hall, who was sucking before uh, he got to Boston, there was no, you know, guarantee this Bo- guy's going to put the even, puck in the net for you. He's only even the wrong move because it didn't work out. If they, if if they won the first round and then he came back was healthy and played pretty well, and then they won the next round and they go out to Vegas, no one's saying that he was the wrong wrong move to make. Like it's just because it, he got injured. It, he was never really playing at a hundred percent with us. It, it just is poor luck. You don't want to also, be picking in the first round. Tampa never does it, and they just won two cups in a row. Okay, you don't want to, You don't want those guys. Also, Taylor Hall didn't have that great a stretch in Boston. You heard about like every single point he got because they love to talk about it, but he was like half a point a game kind of player. All Granted, right, like pretty good, pretty good for a third round pick, but not much. One um, more, I was it. Yes, last point, which also has some repercussions for the future. Ryan, you were wanting to split up Matthews and Marners. Yeah, the two bu- the two bums that couldn't get it done in the playoffs. This is where the uh, the soundbite in our intro of of 80 points uh, or 80 goals a year comes from because you were telling me that splitting up Matthews and Marner is stupid. But here's the thing. I was not saying split up Matthews and Marner for the sake of Matthews and Marner. I was saying at the beginning of the season for Tavares and Nylander who clearly weren't going to figure it out and they needed something. And obviously that part of the hot take did not age well because Nylander and and Tavares really heated up the second half of the season. And obviously Tavares went down in the playoffs, but then Nylander had ridiculously successful playoffs with what five goals he had so that that part of the hot take did not age very well but let but go ahead let me tell you i'll trade 80 goals in the air for a few in the playoffs those bombs holy crap you're right <laughs> i Wait, will so say are you defending it right i am now in the mindset of i want to split up matthews and marner not for the sake of Tavares and elander but for the sake of matthews and marner who clearly when in the playoffs they're matched up with that like elite D, D pair who are going to be on them all game in the shutdown line against them and things really tighten up. They can't get it done. They can't find the goals and I want them split up. I want them to see some new looks, separate them on the lines, create some hard, hardness for the other teams to kind of have that ability to just match up against them. And let, let's figure something out here. Cause I, I, I don't want to see Matthews and Marner just produce nothing in the playoffs again. It, it's useless. Yeah. So uh, some uh, some regretful takes from the overall. Looking back, I can't believe we put Hutch on the wagon one week. <laughs> he wasn't that bad this season. He he got some wins. So it's, I don't know, maybe. But the the most the most sad one though is like we ha- devoted a whole episode to talking about how this team was different than all the past years, hmm. and they're not different. They're still losers. Still choke when it matters. It's the worst. They were definitely different in the regular season. You could feel it and just end results the same. But here's the thing. You say that, like, they still still choked at the end and it didn't matter. 
those last three games were like coin flips. Give me a break. Like, like we dominated them and won the three games we did. And then they won two games in overtime, which like literally anything can happen. And Carey Price steals the show and we lose Tavares and yada, yada, yada. It's like, if you, if we won any one of those games, we made it to the second round, which like the smallest inkling of luck could have allowed us to do. You're not saying, oh, I guess this team was the same. So like he really saying this team wasn't different because of a little yeah. bit of luck at the end. I don't buy it. I, I still think it, it, it was different. It is different. Let's roll back the same thing. Let's have the same mindset as we had this past year. Odds are we'll win. If there was ever more. a season to to go all in, you know, yep. is this when they won the division? The divisions that will not be coming back, by the way. That's official. Yep. Nope. All right. No, uh, no McDavid for us. So in hindsight, uh, Tim is Tim has some bad takes. All right. <laughs> Ryan has some awful takes. Whoa. And Steven's takes are all right. Sorry, should have Corey Perry jumped over? Said? Is that, is that what we're you absolutely do. Right you watch. You, you know, watch the Olympics. Right. You see the vertical some of these guys have. You kidding Put me? Skates on. All right. Are we doing? So what? Quick hitters? Yeah. Yeah, so, so we'll, we'll run do, through them really quick. Yeah, so uh, lots of stuff happened in the NHL whoa, the past whoa, few days. Whoa! Settle hey, down. It's, it's not my fault you were slow on the sound bite. All right, hit us, Tim. <laughs> All right, number one, Duncan Keith out of Chicago. Franchise icon going up to Edmonton, no salary retained for, uh, well, this is the fact they got anything for him. Bad tree. Bad tree Who, for Edmonton. Who's the winner? Oh, Edmonton's the loser. There's there, there's a winner, I guess, in Chicago. Well, I don't think they got too much, but to get out of that contract, no salary retained, get some, what is it, a prospect, I guess, and a pick? It's, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. And it was, I don't it's know Seth what Edmonton's Jones's brother, for. right? Is it? No. The prospect, isn't I it? I didn't know that. No, I don't think so. Caleb. Uh, Caleb Jones. No, Ethan. Oh. I don't know. Maybe he is. Maybe I, I. I've just I've heard this stuff that like, oh, get his brother, and his brother wants to play with with Seth Jones, and you'll be able to get Seth Jones, and it's going to be great. Oh, oh yeah, no, yeah, I it's his brother. That. Yeah, I think you're oh, right. Oh yeah, you're yeah. right. Kill okay. Jones. There you go. I was thinking of someone else. So then, dump, even more so, Edmonton is the loser. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a bad move well, by well, them. You, you you look at what we had to pay to get Marlowe's. We paid a first round pick to get Marlowe's contract off the books, and here's Chicago just giving it away. In the flat know? cap but, world, to take on five point five million dollars uh, for a defenseman that that's bad. I mean, we don't pay five point five for either of the two guys that we've brought oh. in. For um, all the complaining that we do about how much like. Marner's getting paid and, and that we should have taken a cheaper deal. At least we don't have Duncan Keith getting paid $5.5 million the next two years. Well, and here's what makes it even worse. Uh, Zach Frise and Ryan Suter just bought out by Minnesota. So it's like if they had waited a week, they could have had Ryan Suter for free. Yep, yep. I remember, I remember, yeah, that, that's actually a good point. I remember the day that that contract was signed, right? It was like 20, oh, gosh. A long time ago. Yeah, I don't now. even remember. I can't remember. But no, I remember though, like watching the press conference, and it was all exciting because it's two hometown boys that signed the exact same day. Basically, a John Tavares scenario, but times two, right? Yeah, two hometown boys coming coming home, and this is how it ends. But this is how we all knew it was eventually going to end. Parise was getting scratched going into the playoffs. Um, uh, but man, to take on that much dead cap every year yeah, for the next. Yeah. Yeah, so they have cap savings next year. Um, 
but yeah, like so next year they have four million of cap, then twelve million dead cap, and then two years of fourteen million dollars of awful. dead cap. Absolutely awful. So I, I've heard that Minnesota is planning on making a huge push to get Jack Eichel. Yeah. Yep. We'll see. Who knows? We will see. Uh what other other news? Pierre Maguire in at the Ottawa Sens front office is uh Director of Player Development. The only reason that gets news is because it's Pierre Maguire. What do you, <laughs> you know guys know think I mean? about like, Pierre Maguire? You guys are up in Canada. Do you guys even see any P- Pierre Maguire? We we remember Pierre Maguire from years ago when he would basically just shout at the camera for all of his camera segments. And I don't know. I, I wasn't a fan. So, so he's I, fine. I don't, I don't have any problem with him. I think he's fine. Well, I, I do. I get stuck with him a lot here in the States, right? And... Here in the States, especially with all the football that I watch, it's a lot. People will be like, oh, I hate this broadcaster. I hate this broadcaster. And almost none of them get under my skin. I think it's just people on Twitter trying to be funny, hating on you know some guy making jokes. A lot of it is funny. Pierre Maguire was rough. He was rough to listen to. His takes, brutal. Yeah, I- I'm super glad that he's, he's – I'm not going to have to listen to him when I'm watching games anymore. But well, so joins, I guess this is good news for you then. Yes, but he, so he joins Ottawa's front office – Doing what? Was he player development? Yeah, player development. So okay, yeah. it's it's mid school. It's it's really it's a nothing thing. He's just part of their organization now. It's like Wayne Gretzky being in the Oilers. Like no. it's, it's just it's just a name. I think I don't. Gretzky's know. a broadcaster now. Yeah, we'll see. But I, I don't uh, think it'll be anything. I think that it's just because it's the Pierre Maguire's name that it's getting some publicity. But like, give it a week and no one will ever hear about it again. Okay. And now, hot hot off the presses, uh, news is coming out that Shea Weber may not play again, oh, yeah? or at very least is going to miss all of next year. That's crazy. What and was we the weren't high again? On, uh, it's he's had a messed up foot, ankle, and knee for a while now. Um, <laughs> waist well, they, down, it's done. <laughs> waist down, he's done. Aren't we? Yeah. All? I mean, that's that's a huge blow for them. You know, that's their captain. That's uh huge piece on their blue line i i i don't think i was picking them to make the playoffs next year anyway but like i don't know without shea weber maybe ottawa beats them in, in the standings so we'll see who knows maybe maybe they pull a kucher off and bring in jack eichel yeah weber comes out for the playoffs there, now you're talking to him so or they miss the playoffs and just blows up man though because the season the season's not that far away really so man that's 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 crazy that's a long time. You really think he's not going to play all of next year? That's, That's what, what they're, they're saying. saying. Wow. All right. Is that it? Well, okay. The other thing, I guess, still is that the the, the UFAs. So um, Gabe Landeskog of the Avalanche, there was a report out this week. I want to say it was Friedman. They're not close at all on a, on a, an extension. Yeah. You, you yeah. never know with those things of how much is that just like you want to let it out and, and see what the – the fans all react to it and i don't know I, to me i don't i don't put much stock in that until the seattle expansion is passed and then everyone will be signed i don't know i just know colorado signed mckinnon for peanuts they signed Rantanen for two million dollars less than marner they'll get a deal done with landis cog yep is rant Rantanen's two million dollars worse than marner though right that's what i tell people here yeah that's so good to think that i defend it uh, and, and we also we don't know if these guys are just not signing the deal so that they can you know uh, skate past the expansion draft, and not have to worry about protecting these guys. But yep. 
um, it's it's going to be interesting because this that that experiment has uh, blown up in, in plenty of other teams' faces before. Once these guys actually hit the UFA market and hear from a couple other teams, and the next thing you know, they're gone. It can happen really quick. Alex well, it Ovechkin kind of blew up in Petrangelo's face when he tried that. It didn't really work so well for him. Alex Ovechkin is a uh, a free agent right now. One of the best players of the last, you know, 50 years is a free he's, agent. He's not going anywhere. There's no way he's going anywhere. Why would he leave? To win a cup. He's like the best player that's he's ever been, been on the Capitals. He, he wants to get that elusive cup. Alex Ovechkin hasn't won one yet. He's I'm pretty sure he still has a hangover from his last cup. No, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Alex Ovechkin's never won a cup. That's why he would At leave. He's going to come Capitals to Toronto. didn't. At least the Capitals didn't drop the cup and dent it like Tampa Bay did after like two days. Well, Alex Ovechkin, I think he's an Ontario boy, right? Is he from <laughs> All right. Oakville? You're getting some fake news on this podcast. He's from everyone. Oakville. <laughs> Born in the hasty market. Oh, my gosh. All right. We wrap it up? Yeah. Wrap it up. So it's uh, currently Thursday the 14th. This will come out tomorrow on on Saturday, the teams have to come out with their lists to Seattle of who they're going to protect. That's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, before we wrap up, what do you guys think the Leafs go? Uh, seven forward, three defensemen, one goalie, or eight skaters and protect four defensemen? What do you think right eight now? Eight skaters, protect Hall, expose Kerfoot. He's gone. That's what's going to happen. Tim? I think we protect Hall, but I think Dermot's gone. Crazy. I think we protect Kerfoot and Hall is gone. All right, three that, different opinions. We're all wagering twenty dollars. I see, we'll see. I seriously think I'm right. So, so that happens on on Saturday, and then on Wednesday, the twenty first, is the expansion draft. So we'll know what happens then. I thought this week was going to go differently, where a lot of teams are going to end up making more deals to kind of, you know. Uh, apparently, Seattle is asking like a king's ransom for any deals. <laughs> All right, we'll see. We will see what happens. Our next pod will probably be following the wake of everything that's happened and. Get ready, because we're not. Man, get Alex Ovechkin that cup. <laughs> you know, bring him home. All right, boys. We'll see you guys after the crack and crack our guy. There you go. Goodbye. Wear a helmet. The Kraken's here. What I want, you got, but it might be hard to handle.